This episode is brought to you by Dietz and Watson. Uh, Molly, it's time we have the talk about hot dogs. Oh, oh, okay. Well, hey, (laughs) I'm looking for a hot dog that's the real deal, Matthew. Like a classic hot dog that like when you think of like the platonic ideal of a hot dog, Mm -hmm. I recommend Dietz and Watson's Dietz Dogs. Ah, well, I've heard that they're handcrafted and made using only Dietz and Watson premium meat. I can vouch for this because Dietz and Watson sent us a big box of hot dogs and other delights. And wife of the show, Lori, and I had them for dinner last night. We had uh, the classic beef Dietz dogs with uh, toasted buns with sauerkraut and pickled jalapenos and Dietz and Watson ballpark style yellow mustard. Do you think you'd recommend Dietz and Watson hot dogs for fried rice? Oh, yeah. Fried rice with some sliced hot dogs. I'm going to be doing that soon. Wife of the show, Lori, is going to be making the hot dog flour buns from Christina Cho's cookbook, Mooncakes and Milk Bread. Very excited for this. Mm, And I'm especially pleased because Dietz and Watson does things the right way. So this means like no additives, no fillers, no artificial flavors, no cutting corners. You can feel good about this stuff. Dietz and Watson. It's a family thing since 1939. Shop now at Dietz slash the right way. That's Dietz, D-I-E-T-Z, and Watson.com slash the right way. This episode is brought to you by Full Pull Wines. Molly, when you walk into the wine section of the grocery store, do you ever feel a little flummoxed? <laughs> I did just yesterday, actually. Well, Full Pull Wines can help. You can sign up for their mailing list at fullpullwines.com, and they will send you stories about Northwest wines and some imported wines. And if you like what you hear, uh, you can pick it up at their warehouse in Soto, Seattle, or they will ship it to you. And Autumn Winter offers include a red blend from Quilcita Creek, deeply discounted Cabernet Sauvs and Syrahs, and a sparkling rosé made exclusively for list members. Like me, I'm on the list. You are? Oh my gosh, I'm going to get on the list too. To find out more, you and I can go to fullpullwines.com. I'm Matthew. And I'm Molly. And this is Spilled Milk, the show where we cook something delicious, eat it all, and you can't have any. And I'm petting my dog. Oh, and I'm pretending I'm not chewing lentils, which is the topic of today's episode. (laughs) Yes, today we're talking about lentils. I just said that. Yes. Um, Hey, do you want to start with memory lane, or should we really dive deep into what the heck these are? Let's, well, I don't have any. I I definitely knew lentils existed when I was a kid. Wait, you don't have any memory lane on lentils? There are no lentils on your memory lane? I probably ate a lentil soup once or twice and didn't have strong feelings about it one way or the other. No. Okay, wait, I'm sorry. I've got memory lane. Oh, good. (laughs) It just... It just clicked. For a time, my my grandfather, who who uh, is a big Francophile, like some other people. Wait, you have one of those in your family? Oh yeah, yeah. Wow, um, I didn't know. Oh yeah, like like my grandparents used to used to. Wait, is this the grandfather who's kind of insufferable? Um, yeah, he's he's currently 101 years old and and uh, still a real dick. Oh, perfect. Um, but uh, he he and my grandmother used to used to like spend some time in France every year, which I, I realize how insufferable that sounds um and when i would visit them in uh in new jersey they we would go into manhattan and they would take me to their favorite fancy french restaurant la cote basque uh-huh. which i don't think still exists or may have like changed names anyway it was like a really like classic you know haute cuisine french restaurant and like definitely the only place like that i'd ever been to at that time in my life and i remember uh, my grandfather telling me that that uh, the best lentils in the world are are puy lentils from France, <laughs> and that I should order like the 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 
Toulouse sausage, maybe mm, with, yeah. with uh, on like uh, a bed of lentils. Lentille. Yes, exactly. And I did, and it was great. He was right. I mean, I don't know if they were literally the world's best How lentils. How old were you? Um, I think. I think the first, I think 17. I love picturing this. Yeah. This is great. I had so much hair. I think there's no 17-year-old boy who would ever, like, think to order lentils on a menu. Yeah, and then after that, I was super into lentils. Not really. No, okay. <laughs> Still girls. Um, <laughs> I, I am sure that my parents cooked lentils at home. I know that there was, like, some lentil soup. Usually not made at home. Like, I feel like lentil soup would be something that would have been, like... Offered in a restaurant or a cafe, or and yet something. it's so easy to make. It is. We'll get to that. Matthew. Okay. What I really remember was so my freshman year at Stanford, I had this advisor who, I guess, for freshmen at that time, they didn't necessarily pair you up with a professor as your okay. advisor. So what I, the person I was paired up with, was. Uh, basically like a researcher, I think, at Stanford Medical Center. Okay. Her name was Indira Sohel. And she was um, she she was this lovely, lovely Indian woman. Very thick accent. She, um, she lived alone, I think. Or maybe she had grown children. But okay. anyway, she was so dear. And she would send me emails through WebPine. Oh my God! And she would wait before WebPine. Did you use like the the text based command line Pine? No, no. Oh. Okay, listeners, I want all all my Pine heads out there <laughs> come to facebook.com dot com slash podcast. I want to hear your memories of Pine, the email <laughs> client. Please continue. Um. Anyway, in in these emails, she would say, "Why don't you come home?" For lunch one day, she so that I was how she this. would phrase it. Isn't that so dear? So I would go to her house, which was kind of like in the sort of this nebulous area where a lot of people who work at Stanford live, kind of right off campus. And she would have made all of this delicious South Indian food, uh-huh. and it was stuff I'd never had before because at that time I had only ever had like Northern Indian yes. food in oh. restaurants. And she would make this delicious, really simple, thin yellow lentil dog that was just so fragrant and that was always the first thing we would eat and then she would have made all of these other dishes and things too and I can just picture so well sitting at her table and she had a couple of other advisees too and you know I don't think any of us ever really used her very much and she kind of you know at a certain point we just stopped hanging out but she was so lovely and I remember for the first time like really um well, she was obviously like a very comforting presence my freshman year of college. She was like a, like the roast chicken of people. She was the roast chicken of people. But um, I just remember, I think it was the first time I'd ever had like a yellow lentil doll. Yeah. Or a doll, period. And, and it kind of was like, oh, look at all these things people make with lentils. Yeah. So I think thinking about it now, I th- this just became clear to me as you were saying this that it it seems to me that like of the cuisines that I'm familiar with, I should specify like Ethiopian and Indian food has done so much more with lentils yes. than anyone else I can think of. Yeah, I agree. I feel like um, I like Middle Eastern cuisine. I mean, oh sure, like you know Arabic traditions have done a lot with lentils, but. But yeah, I think that I first came to to really understand like the potential 
of the Lentil. Oh, is that the name of your lentil cookbook? That's the, the potential name of, my new of the book, lentil. The potential of the lentil. No, you have oh. to say it with the pause. The potential of the lentil. <laughs> uh, through Indian Indian yeah. food. Yeah. But anyway, so uh, that's kind of like That's uh, a beautiful memory lane. She, gosh, she was so lovely. I, I mean, it makes me want to invite someone home for lunch. Yeah, I mean Why you, don't you come home for lunch, Matthew? Oh, Thanks. I thought you'd never ask. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. So So that's been our super tender lentil episode. You can buy well, my new book. Super poten- tender lentils. <laughs> no. The potential of the lentil. <laughs> wow. The pause, the pause just gets more and more present. Anyway, okay, go on. Let's talk about wait, what these are because I absolutely That was classic. Go on. Let's talk about <laughs> because really I think that I Lentils have existed for me in this like nebulous category. Called... Lentils have existed for for <laughs> millions of years, probably in this nebulous category called legumes. Mm-hmm. But I didn't really understand until I started researching for this episode, like what what how they were different from like a garbanzo bean. Yeah, well, I mean, first of all, legumes are like <laughs> I was about to say something that is going to make sense to the biologists out there and no one else. Legumes are like the beetles of the plant kingdom. Do you mean the plant? Or do you mean the 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 bug, or the the band? Oh, um, the bug. <laughs> That's a good point. It probably sounded like I meant the band, especially since we were talking about that last week. Um, okay, that uh, in among animals there are more species of beetles by a huge margin really? than of any other type of animal. I guess. I guess same, like cockroaches. Wait, uh, are roaches beetles? Roaches are. N- not beetles, oh, I think. Oh, we need to have a guest Lady entomologist are beetles. on this show. Yeah, we do need to have a guest entomologist. I've been saying that for a long time, <laughs> um, since episode one, which was about crickets. So there there are jillions and jillions of different species of, of legumes, which are yes. plants that have, you know, a the, the fruit is like a, a pod a, with uh, some seeds in it. Yes, and they are used in all kinds of different things, not only for food, but also for fixing nitrogen in soil. Yeah, um, I didn't even know it was broken. And 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 uh, and they they sort of do what what fertilizer does, only they're natural. Yeah, and you don't have to make them. I mean, but it takes longer. It's true, I guess. Um, yeah, they make themselves. Uh, yeah, so, so and and we eat a wide variety of them, but also like not even not even so much as a tidy fraction of all the legumes out there. But so okay, so pulses. Okay, you schooled me on this. I thought I knew, but then you got more specific. Okay, so so a pulse is a type of legume that is harvested only for its dry seed. Is it true that if you put two fingers on the pod of the legume, <laughs> you can feel the pulse? Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah. <laughs> dumb. That was the worst. Yeah. That was so dumb. Okay. No, so pulses but, are ones that are that are grown with the intent of drying them. Right? Yes. Yes. So this includes like lentils. This includes you know garbanzo beans, kidney beans. Most of these these beans that we think of. Um, it doesn't include things like green beans or green peas, things that are harvested green and intended to be eaten green, those are considered vegetable crops. All right. Yeah. Because I don't think you can dry a green bean, right? I don't think so. Um, I mean, you can can do that weird, like, uh, 
those freeze dried yeah, pea pods things. They have a like a Trader Joe's. Are those actually made from pea pods, or are they made from like pea flour that's been shaped into a pea pod shape? You know, I hoped that they were pea pods that were that have been dried. <laughs> but now but I've ruined it I've for you. I've actually found that I think that they're just like compressed air that's oh. shaped to look like a pea. Yes, the entire bag can, <laughs> contains nothing but compressed air. Anyway. But the nitrogen has been fixed. Okay, so basically lentils, they are pulses, which means that they are legumes that are uh well they're they're edible. Mm-hmm. Right? Didn't you didn't you come up with that succinct phrasing that pulses are edible legumes? Um but then you that was not specific enough. Yeah. So basically I came up with that very simple wrong phrasing. So pulses are um, hugely nutritious. They're basically like all the all the beans we think of. Yeah. What beans do you think of when you really sit down to to just think, think about of beans? beans. Oh, I think I think kidney. I think black I think, eyed pea. Oh, wow. I think I think beans. <laughs> just I think just generic bean. I think but, refried. But here's what I really love. So so lentils. Yeah. Okay. They are lens-shaped seeds. Yeah. Isn't that, like, really elegant? Well, I, I think th- the word lens just looks really sexy. I think the word lens comes from lentil, not the other way around, Well, right? yeah, so Wikipedia told right? me the word lens in optics comes from the lentil-like shape of early double convex lenses. Yes, like, like the ones in our eyes or in our magnifying glasses. Lentil is lens in Latin. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. When was the last time you used a magnifying glass? Oh, wow. My parents used to have one of those like old school Oxford Dictiona- English yes, dictionaries with that the pull-out drawer. With the pull-out drawer. Yes. yes, we never used it. Yeah, of course not. No, no. one ever used that. No. It was enormously cumbersome. And so, uh, it was so heavy. And full of words that you don't need. Right, right. So but anyway. Other than that, but it had a cool, and the magnifying glass was like like rectangular kind of, right? Mm, no? Yes, it was. It yes. was rectangular. And I think it was exactly the width of one column. Oh, Wow. I think. Yeah, I wonder if you can still buy that. Probably I'm on sure. eBay for like a dollar plus eighty nine dollars shipping. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, pulses are the dry seeds of legumes, right? Yeah. So okay, so where I used to get until last night, <laughs> all confused. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> was like, how are these different from split peas? Because like lentils, especially like green lentils, kind of look a lot like. Okay, split I can peas. I can answer this one. So okay. so a lentil a lentil is like the whole seed, mm-hmm. uh, but a split pea is is like the two carpels. I want to say. Well, so what I found is that they're both legumes, but they're different species. Yes, that lentils are the dried seeds mm-hmm. of legumes. Split peas are dried field peas. Yes, which are also the seeds of legumes. And these are split down their natural seam into these two halves so yeah. they cook more seed quickly. Seed leaves, two seed leaves, something like that. Oh, interesting. I've, yeah. I'm throwing around a lot of botanical terms. You are. Possibly some of which are close to being correct. Carpal. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Insert joke about carpal tunnel syndrome. Yeah, that I don't was know. funny. So anyway, yeah, there are tons Abby, of... Abby, could you come up with a joke about carpal tunnel syndrome, impersonate me or Molly, and then splice that right into the show? For easier cooking. hmm yeah. Um, Spliced for easier cooking. So anyway, yeah, there are lots of different types of these things. They all behave really differently when you're cooking them. Like, some of them really hold their shape um, if they still have the husk on them. Yeah, like the, the, the puy lentils that, uh, that my grandfather is so into... Those 
tend to hold their shape really nicely. Mm -hmm. Whereas like lentils without the husk, like a red lentil, those tend to just fall to pieces Mm -hmm. when you cook them. But like in a nice way. In a nice way. Yeah. But anyway, one thing that I particularly enjoyed in in doing some research on these lentils was learning like their different names. Like I almost wished we had done a a lentil um, a lentil quiz. Oh, you yeah, you can but make the, a quiz for names, me anytime. Their names weren't necessarily like naturally funny, like uh, you know, like. Um, grandma's eyeglasses or something sure <laughs> but but one they had names that were sort of normal like green esten or like the hilarious so far <laughs> like laird which laird. is the, which is the name of the really annoying hippie dude who lives downstairs from hannah horvath in girls um haven't watched that far into the show but uh when when you said Laird, what it what makes me think of is because because I read romance novels and uh, like in a Scottish romance novel, there's like a lord is called a Laird. Oh really? Yeah. <laughs> oh, so they're always talking well, about you know, Lairds. I think I think this is probably like the Lord of Lentils because I think it's one of the most commonly grown types. It's a large okay, green lentil. Um, <laughs> You're a large green lentil. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Third Love. You know, Matthew, I don't know if you noticed. So when when Matthew and I went to Tokyo recently, we went for a week. We had a really long flight to get over there, as everyone does from North yep. America. And um, the only bra I took with me was one of my Third Love 24-7 t-shirt bras. I wore it for the whole flight getting there. I wore it every day in Tokyo, and I wore it for the whole flight home. And look at me. I'm still a happy person. Wow, that's amazing. It didn't right? it didn't start to like chafe or whatever it is bras do when you when you wear them too long. <laughs> yeah, it started to chafe with me just sitting still in the seat. <laughs> they don't do that, Matthew. Okay. Come on now. A third love bra would never do that. No, of course not. Because these bras are incredibly comfortable. And I, I swear, people, I mean this. I've got pretty sensitive skin. This bra was super comfortable for all of those hours. You should really try it. Okay, and to do that, go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to find your perfect fitting bra and try it free for 30 days. You just pay a little bit for shipping. And if you like it, you keep it and they charge your card. And if you don't like it, which is ridiculous, then you send it back and they charge you nothing. Yep. So go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk now to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days. That's thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. Did you know that a lot of these are grown in Washington State? I didn't know that. I thought that. we were just like a whole bunch of apples and potatoes. And hops. And hops. Mm-hmm. Apples and hops and potatoes. <laughs> you know, potatoes. <laughs> no, so so lentils are grown in Washington also? Yes, in the Palouse. Ooh. That, yes, in eastern Washington. I don't think I actually knew that the Palouse was in Washington. I didn't either. I thought it I, was in France. <laughs> yeah, I, I would have guessed France or Idaho. Or oh, it's near Idaho. Canada. Yeah. Anyway, um, so yeah, like basically, what do you do with these things? Wait, does the Palouse have a have a tourist slogan that involves like Palouse yourself <laughs> in the in, Palouse? Yeah. Uh, what do I do with lentils? So I eat lentils most frequently in the form of the lentil soup that uh, my mom tends to make often. My mom, Judy Amster, frequent. Frequent, whose name frequent, frequently, frequently on the mentioned show. non-guest of the show. Yes, one of one of the show's two favorite moms. Yep. She uh, she makes this lentil soup and will always make too much of it and give us some, which is awesome because like free soup. Um, and until very recently, um, I I would call it. Oh, it her... has like sausage in it. Oh, like, you've had two. She made it for me after June was born. There you go. She brought me an 
absolute truckload of it. Yes. And so like did, literally pulled up a dumpster in my driveway. She, she literally pulled up a dumpster. <laughs> Soup. Yeah. I, I used to when uh, I she's used to really strong. have lunch. She yes. Pulled a dumpster up my driveway. <laughs> yeah. She's she's one of New York's strongest. Um, she, we don't live in New York. Well, but that's that, I don't know. That's that's actually an actual nickname for for New York sanitation workers. Oh, mm-hmm. cool. but I, I don't think the equivalent thing. Okay, she's one of Seattle's strongest sanitation workers. Um, <laughs> anyway, so in if you looked closely into that soup dumpster, you would have noticed that the uh, for for me the the best thing about her lentil soup, or at least the most entertaining thing, and I mean soup is very entertaining. God, so just get on with it. <laughs> that that there would be sausage like little little uh, slices of it's, link sausage. Yeah, it's almost and, like hot dogs. And fingerling potatoes and the sausage and the potatoes looked almost identical. <laughs> and so I would call it like the, the potato sausage masquerade soup. Oh, I saw that you wrote that and, on the agenda. Um, I asked her for the recipe. We'll we'll share the recipe for this. But then she said recently Trader Joe's changed the size of their sausage so it's no longer a masquerade, but it's still delicious. I love that you the the term masquerade came up. Uh huh. Me too. Wasn't there a song from the '80s that had the word masquerade in it? Like, I'm sure. I don't know what what song you're thinking oh, of. Car- off the top did of my Careless head. Whisper have masquerade in it? No, that seems. I don't know. Very unwhammy. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, okay. So 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 lentil soup conjures up good feelings for you. Yeah, definitely. Other than that, I mean, I I don't cook with lentils very often. Let's be honest. Um, I now that I've had this delicious thing that that you made today, I'm I'm gonna oh. make this because because uh, it's great and I bet it was probably pretty easy. Yeah, you want me to talk about it? Yeah, I want you to talk about the thing you made. Wait, so. can I t- finish talking about lentil soup first? Uh, sure. Okay, so I feel like lentil soup is among soups that you might find in a can or like at a soup bar in a grocery store or like in a random cafe i feel like it's pretty reliable like even when it's bad it just tastes just tastes healthy it doesn't taste like a disaster yeah my my wife Lori, one of the show's two favorite uh partners yeah right yeah she uh she has asked me to to maintain two cans of progressive lentil soup in the cupboard at, at all times. times. Oh my gosh. I so think, when you're when you're like now, warming some up, do you like race out to the store while you're warming some up to like exactly, get some yes, back no, if, in? If the... it drops below two, no, actually I, I realize now I think I think I may have completely blown it on that and need to go get some oh, no. right now. See ya. All right, I'm back. <laughs> Okay, um, the the lentil soup I tend to buy in a can is the Trader Joe's one. Yeah, June loves it. I mean, I think it's fine. Uh-huh. June loves it. I have also made a lentil soup using black lentils, or sometimes called beluga oh, yeah. lentils. There's a recipe for that in the Zuni Cafe cookbook. I also made with one probably at least ten years ago now from the classic blog chocolate and zucchini. Oh yeah, uh, Clotilde Dussoulier. Exactly. She made a lentil soup that had um, canned chestnuts pureed into it. Oh wow, it that sounds fascinating. It was so delicious, and I mean chestnuts are not inexpensive. Yeah. And I feel like the whole idea of lentils is that it's like so cheap and I so... I think I had a chestnut soup the one time I was in France. It's a very... I think of it as a very French thing like pureeing was chestnuts good. into your lentil soup. But anyway, she's got an old recipe on her blog. Hopefully it's still there for a lentil soup with chestnuts. And oh, and then there's one I wrote about in Bon Appetit a long time ago. And I learned about it from... Um, 
a place that is sadly no longer in business here in Seattle called Picnic. Uh-huh. Yeah. They made a lentil soup. And in order to like boost its richness and satisfyingness without like adding a ton of butter or whatever. They added a ton of cream. No, they basically pureed chickpeas. Oh. They made this like really smooth chickpea puree and blended that into the lentil soup and it made this incredible you would never know what was in there that made it this kind of wonderful like just extremely satisfying soup and it had lots of spices in it it had a really sort of uh kind of um indian vibe but they didn't do that thing where they whipped the liquid from the chickpea can right no that's like an egg like an egg white substitute right Uh uh-huh i i've never tried that it looks fascinating Anyway, I feel like lentil soup sounds like total drudgery. And right, yet, but it's but yet, it's actually kind of it's it's like there, usually lighter than you anticipate. Also, yeah, and I feel like I feel like lentil soup is one of those things where people, like particularly teenage boys, would be like, "Oh, lentil soup!" Yeah. But I don't know of anybody who would actually eat it and be like, "That wasn't tasty." Yeah, no. Many of my daughter's friends are teenage boys, and. If I have to listen to them complain about lentil soup <laughs> one more time. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. And also, it. Uh, you know, we, we talked on the on the uh, grilled chicken, uh, no, the roast chicken episode about uh, how, like, I in particular, like, need something with more flavor interest than, than many classic Amer- American dishes mm-hmm. that apparently I feel like I'm better than. Um, and lentil soup, t- it, you know, takes so well to a variety of different kinds of spices yes. that will keep me eating it. Yes, totally, totally. Spices such as sausage links. <laughs> okay, well, speaking of of spices and, and ways of, of using lentils in interesting preparations, so one of my favorite things has for a long time been this uh, dish that has many different names and permutations throughout like the Arab world, and um, it is called mujadra, some... I mean, I I came to know it as Mujadra. I think people pronounce it all kinds of different ways, spell it all different ways. Uh There's a version in Egypt called Koshari. Oh, yeah, yeah. I've heard of that. Basically, the premise is it has lentils, rice, and caramelized onions. Yes. And it is so delicious. I mean, you put those three ingredients together... And you are, it is like guaranteed success. Yeah, no, we just ate some and there's some more in the fridge. And I'm thinking about like whether I can weasel out of the rest of this show to go heat up some more. Well, so the version that I made this time is, so I I have a recipe on my blog for Mujadra that I've had up there for an eternity. I haven't made it in a long time. I should see if it's still good. But anyway. (laughs) Or if it's gone off in that time. (laughs) The recipe that I made that we are eating today is from Samin Nosrat's new book, Salt, Fat, Acid, Heat. Her version version is this Persian version. <laughs> wow, that's, that's great. I like that. It's a Persian version. It's adapted from one that her mom used to make for her. And basically, the Persian version is yep. called like Adas Polo or something like that. Like like Polo, like, like related to like Pulau or yes, Pilaf, exactly, right? Yes, exactly. And it too has 
lentils, rice, caramelized onions, usually some warm spices, and it adds raisins that are often fried like in butter. Ooh, did you do that? So what I did was her her version, which is um, designed to be just a little bit easier than the multi-step version I think her mom used to do. This one has raisins and dates, and you add them at the point that you add the dry, uncooked rice to the caramelized onions, Mm. which have butter and cumin and all kinds of stuff. Yeah. So I wouldn't say that you're necessarily like, uh, you know, frying the raisins in butter, but they do get kind of coated as you're stirring it all together. And then they cook with the rice and they get really plump and get that like extra layer of kind of sweetness from the caramelized onions. Anyway, and in Samin's recipe, you also um, brown some chicken pieces and you add those to the pot as the rice is all cooking yeah. together with the lentils and the onion. It is so good. So good. I would say it is worth the price of the book and you will eat off of it for an age. Yeah, my it reminds me of um, when Lori and I were first going out, her her best friend Shada, um, Shada's late father was uh, from Iran and would uh, make these lavish Persian dinners, mm-hmm. um, which uh, which were like everything you made was great, but especially the rice dishes and yeah. like the flavor profile is very much like what you made. Oh, I just love it. There's something so special about what lentils do with like basmati rice and caramelized onions. Yeah. It's like you lose the onions in there. They just become like the flavor of the whole thing. Mm-hmm. The, oh. lost, the lost onion. Oh, it's so delicious. So, yeah, I mean, all these different versions of this lentil rice pilau, basically. Yeah, just, just, incredible. just do that. I mean, if you got some lentils, you know, you can do the French sausage thing. You can make lentil soup. But just do do the thing Molly said. It's that's my so, that's my guiding philosophy in life. Just do the thing Molly said. Whenever always, I've really I mean, fucked I things up, not, I've always looked back and said, I should have done the thing Molly God, said. I would not go with that. I even used wow. to say that before I met Molly. <laughs> anyway, um, so but hold on. I think that the simplest way of using lentils, and it's surprisingly delicious, is just eat them raw out of the bag. <laughs> there is this recipe that um, Patricia Wells is is known for mm-hmm. it's i think she calls it like her bistro lentil salad yeah uh you use little green french lentils and you just cook them in water for like 25 minutes or so until they're tender with an onion that you've cut in half and stuck with with garlic uh excuse me with cloves yeah i like a christmas onion yes a christmas onion and i guess um, that's an orange and <laughs> is what i'm thinking a christmas onion <laughs> <laughs> a bay leaf and like a whole clove of garlic, I think. And then you, you, you know, drain off the lentils, get rid of the aromatics. And then you basically just season it with salt, olive oil and red wine vinegar. Uh-huh. And it is so much more delicious than you would imagine. Yeah, like it, it sounds... It's totally like it's weird. Lentils, when they are overcooked with like too much water and they get waterlogged and really gross. Yeah. Like they're so gross. And Remember that yet, time we, I made kasha? For our buckwheat episode, it was horrible. <laughs> yeah, that's that's what that reminded me of. Yeah, there's something about lentils that are cooked with too much water and they blow apart and get really watery. But I mean, depending They're on the over- recipe, you, you might want the lentils to blow apart. It depends on the type of lentil. I think it depends on the type of lentil. Yes, like a like a French lentil that has been cooked until it absolutely falls apart is revolting. It yeah, just but, tastes like dust. But like like Ethiopian lentil dishes are often you know cooked cooked to like a a uh, delicious paste. 
Yes, like a like a red lentil or yeah. yellow lentil. Yeah, red red lentil, yellow lentil. That's the that's the <laughs> vocal exercise we do before each episode. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I feel like people love to like make fun of lentils. Yes, as, like people love to make fun of lentils. <laughs> Again, you have hit on so many things that I'm hearing these days. Teenage boys just. <laughs> pissing on lentils <laughs> people just making fun of like hey you know you look your face looks like a lentil like the lens in your eye looks like a stupid lentil like what did you overcook those lentils um yeah i'm like people need to like move on to making some fun of something else such as chickpeas or yeah um, cinnamon sticks yeah seriously come on people or christmas onions <laughs> Okay. Well, we will post links to as many of these recipes as we can dredge up. Yep. Or as we can, as we can <laughs> like pull, how you dredge up the lentils from the bottom of the soup. No, I was kind of thinking about we're going to pull them up in the dumpster. Oh, right, right. We're going to pull up the old dumpster of lentil recipes. <laughs> <laughs> what What are we pulling the dumpster out of? Are, oh, wait. Do we have a, a, a garbage truck with one of those things that's where the... the yes. That slide the, the into for, the, the, fork the fork. Things. Yes, the fork things that slide the into... Fork the fork lift. Yes. No. I don't think that's technically a forklift, but like the fork-like thing that slides into the sleeves on the side of the dumpster. Oh, yeah. yeah. So you know what? A Everybody knows lift. what I'm talking about. A dumpster lift. <laughs> yes. Do we have one of those? Because those things are amazing. We don't. This episode was brought to you by Third Love. And Molly, you and I just spent a week in Tokyo, and I understand you only took one bra with you. Yup, my third love bra. I wore it all the way there, all the way home, and every day. And I still love this bra. So comfortable. Sweet. So try one for free for 30 days. Just pay $2.99 for shipping. Go to thirdlove.com slash spilled milk to find your perfect fitting bra and try it for 30 days in Tokyo or anywhere else. <laughs> yep, thirdlove.com slash spilled milk. We'll post recipes for as many of these things as we can on our uh, website, which is... Um, uh, Spilledmilkpodcast.com. Yep. And you can also find us on Instagram, where we won't be posting a picture of this lentil thing because we ate it. Uh-huh. But and, I uh, just said there's more in the fridge. We can we, take a picture of my fridge with and put like a, some text on there that says, there's lentils in here. <laughs> like Don't it. make fun of it. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that's uh, at Spilled Milk Podcast on Instagram. Uh, yeah, and uh, you can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Spilled Milk Podcast. Please, please leave us a review on iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, Google Play, uh, you know, uh, the Blackberry store. Yelp. Yep. Oh, the, yep. The Yelp podcast. Yelp. Uh, <laughs> and until next time, thank you for listening to Spilled Milk. Uh, we have our finger on the pulse of the entire vegetable kingdom. Wow. I'm Molly Weisenberg. Vegetable is not a kingdom. And I'm Matthew Amster <laughs> Burton. It's close enough. The vegetable Well, you know, in section. different parts of the world where they grow, like where they're really known for different vegetables, like, like uh, you know, like corn is king in yes, Nebraska. That's right. In whatever. Nebraska, corn so, is king. So yeah, Therefore, it's, like, it's a kingdom. It, Nebraska it's a vegetable is a kingdom. kingdom. Did we already say who we are? Yes. Bye. Maybe it's maybe sometimes it's better to just let the mystery be. Maybe it's Maybelline. Maybe. <laughs>